The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. The perfect hire can have an impact on your business for years to come. So when you need to find that next person to help grow your business, LinkedIn Jobs will match the right talent with your open role fast. LinkedIn has over 675 million members worldwide. LinkedIn Jobs screens candidates with the hard and soft skills you're looking for so you can hire the right person fast. Things like collaboration, creativity, adaptability. LinkedIn looks beyond the work skills and puts your job post in front of qualified candidates who match your business requirements perfectly. That's how LinkedIn makes sure your job post is seen by the people you want to hire. People with the skills, qualifications, and other interests that will help your business grow. It's no wonder a person is hired every eight seconds on LinkedIn. And why companies rated LinkedIn Jobs the number one hiring platform for delivering quality hires. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com slash team. Again, that's linkedin.com slash team and get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. All right, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. Uh, it's draft time. So we had to get my boy, Seth Galina, who, oh, by the way, he has gone to the stratosphere. He is working for PFF. Now, they have smartly hired him. He is a star. He is over, like, 13,000 Twitter followers. He's a rock star. So I had to get him on today to talk about the draft and the Saints and a bunch of stuff. But, Seth, we have to start with the fact that you murdered Justin (laughs) Herbert, the quarterback for Oregon today. You took out the shiv. You cut him. He bled to death. He's no longer with us. I mean, yeah. it was vicious. Going to save the Chargers a lot of money now. I, well, the thing is, the reason why I bring it up is Andrew knows this. We've been doing the mock draft tool on FanSpeak, and Andrew, both times, he's been there at 24 for the Saints. And we sort of go back and forth with it. Maybe the Saints will take him, trade up, or whatever. But start there because I think maybe there's a possibility – that he's there at 24, and you... No way. No I way. I mean, he's he explain to the people why you think he's terrible in the fact that he misses all these open throws, apparently. Yeah, I think we have it as um, 18% or something like that of... Well, in, 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 a, in a range, like, we're not talking down the field throws. We're talking, like, between five yards down the field and... Tw- I think 18 yards down the field. I think that that's what it was filtered as. And he misses like once every five open throws. Not, this is not counting, you know, times when he's just, you know, th- um, throwing to like whatever type of coverage uh, is going on. I'm talking about like, you know, a, a DB could fall down and he'll, he'll miss a throw once every five times. So, I, I mean, that alone should tell you a lot. What's, what, you're not what's act- the comparison yeah. to that? 
between like elite quarterbacks. Like, how many times does an elite quarterback miss it? Yeah, throw? so Burrow was at like three percent this year, wow. which is like, yeah, okay, of course it's going to happen. Where look, you, you you know the ball slips out of your hand, something's not right. Uh, you just miss because you miss sometimes, and that happens about three percent. I just looked up uh, Jake Fromm. I'm doing a thing on Jake Fromm right now. So there was a, uh, through a time period. It was about five percent, so that's again very, very good. But you know, once you get honestly, once you get in the in the double digits, you know, ten to twenty percent, it's anywhere higher, and that's bad. I, so here, Seth, how, good, how do you explain sixty-seven percent completion percentage this, in twenty nineteen? Uh, well, I think there's a lot of underneath stuff that they threw there, and okay. you know, a lot of people will, will point to the offense they ran at. Oregon, you know, and the receivers they had, and you know, they ran the ball a lot. He didn't have a lot of chances. They threw a lot of bubbles. So the bubbles and all that stuff and the screens pushed the completion percentage up higher than the actual. You know, when I go and look at them now, like I'm I'm privileged now with with the, the film and the data, but I can just go and 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 just sort and find the dropbacks, right? The 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 five steps, the three steps, the, the, the one steps. And, and there I can really see, and I can, you know, even look at the, you know, the completions percentage just on those ones. So there you see who he's going to be in the NFL, right? Can you make reads down the field? Can you, uh, you know, look at his safety, look at his hips and he'll tell you where to go with the ball. And he doesn't do that. Like I said on on, um, on the now famous podcast, like he he just is really late, especially when he gets his feet kind of reset um, in the play. You know, listeners will will think that Drew Brees. Not that I really want to compare. I, I do this too often, but compare anyone to to Drew. But like you know, Drew is so good at he's still accurate after he's moved around in the pocket. And I don't mean run in the pocket. I mean like just you know reset his feet to get different angles. He's still accurate, and and he's still on time. And Herbert just, you know, after four years of playing college, he just he doesn't show that, and that's very worrisome. But all, all that said, Seth, I mean, he, he still you still think he's going to get drafted in the top ten, right, or top? 15. Oh yeah, I don't think I don't think there's any so you're, chance. You're just saying someone's going to make a same. huge mistake. You're just saying someone's yeah, going to make a huge jo- mistake. Yeah, it's the Josh Allen, you know, maybe Jordan Love type of situation. Uh, Got it. With 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 Herbert, I don't think there's any chance he falls to the Saints. I think he just he's too too much of a good looking quarterback to fall beyond fifteen. Like I said before, like I, I the char- I could see the Chargers taking him. Uh, I could see. I mean, I don't know, man. I could see Miami looking at him and saying that's the guy that we like more than Tua. So you know, Why if Tua you- doesn't have the injuries, then no. But with the injuries, maybe. Well, let's talk about Jordan Love because he's a guy that sort of is possible for the Saints more so than Herbert. Uh, your opinion on him? Are you going to murder him on Twitter before the draft? <laughs> I, I did a little bit um, the other day. If your listeners can go find it because he threw um, the same interception uh, about, you know, I think it was like five times last year, just last year. Where he's, it's like to his right and some sort of route where the receiver is either just like, you know, a five yard hook, a 10 yard hook, or a 10 yard out route. 
or a five yard out route. So just like those type of throws where you kind of have to throw on time, on rhythm, while confirming what the defense is doing to tell you which route to throw. And he threw the same interception five times. So, you know, not, you know, learning from your mistakes probably, you know, wouldn't give him an A grade there. I do like a lot of the physical stuff. In fact, I like the physical stuff more with him than than um, than Herbert. I'm not a big fan of Herbert's uh, throwing motion, and though he is athletic, he's not quite at Jordan Love's level. Jordan Love has a great throwing motion, very easy throw of the football, and that stuff will make you believe. He just man. He threw so many balls to the other team last year. <laughs> and and that's, that's another thing I said. Like, you know, Jameis did that same thing in, in college. And then he came to the NFL and he keeps doing it. So I don't know if that really gets fixed, if that eyesight gets fixed um, uh, going from college to the NFL. That's what would scare me about Jordan Love. I did see a lot of things that I actually did like. And I, I, I kind of rank him above Herbert. So there is good stuff. He would play in an offense, as we saw with, you know, Teddy Bridgewater. And again, I don't want to compare him to Teddy Bridgewater, but at the same time, um, you see the type of stuff that Sean Payton can do to get receivers open. And now you have a guy who gives you some of the physical tools that, that Sean hasn't had in New Orleans. So that would be really interesting. Uh, again, I don't think he's a first-round quarterback. But like Herbert, he very much could go in the first round because of the, the value of the position. All right. Well, Seth, let me so let me walk you through my theory at uh, the first round of the draft, assuming the Saints stay at 24. I'm going to I'm going to give you kind of my rundown. Bear with me for a few moments as I talk through it and then tell me either you agree, you think I have some things right but maybe some things are wrong or if i'm just completely insane and and you and you murder me like you did did like to her yeah 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 (laughs) um so i i believe kind of four things about this draft number one if i'm the saints um and let me just get your reaction to all all four in, in sequence here but the number one my personal opinion if any of the top three receivers, I'm talking Judy, I'm talking Jefferson, I'm talking CeeDee Lamb in any order, if they fall to 24, that's the pick, period, end of story. I don't think it's going to happen, but if it did, that's number one. Do you agree with that? 100%. Okay. Uh, I would go, in fact, I, I'm, okay, I'll let you finish, but like, yeah, 100%, I'm, I'm on board. Okay. Number two. There's about five tackles, offensive tackles in this draft uh, that I like that I think are first round players. And so it's a heavy top heavy at that position. And I think a lot of these guys have positional flexibility. So what I'm really interested in is a tackle, because if they can play guard, you know, you've got Larry Warford or if something happens to Andres Pete, they can slide in and start at those positions. But if something happens to Armstead, You've now got a tackle. You can put him on the right and have move Ramchek over, or you can put him on the left. Uh, so that that's kind of number two for me if the receiver thing doesn't work out. Are you still with me so far? I am. I'm with you. I'm fifty-fifty on this on point number two. Okay. Uh, number three, if all that fails, 
then to me, the biggest need on the roster is linebacker. And so it comes down to Murray and Queen. Yeah, I guess those two would be the first two backers off the board, yeah. Okay. And then lastly, X-Factor would be quarterback. So that's what I've been saying. We're like, if all of that fails and you you need a third quarterback on this roster, Sean Payton said that, do you consider Jordan Love if he's there? So just kind of react to that in totality. Right. Tell me what you so think. So I think I think well I, I you know the 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 needs on the roster uh, I agree with. You know the nice thing is that even though these are needs, the Saints are so deep, uh, even at the positions of need. You know, or at least maybe not deep at you know linebacker, but they have a stud there um, to play alongside whoever else ends up playing there. But so I go back to the receivers. Yeah, if any of the, if any of like, you know, uh, it, it won't happen. But if, if Ruggs, Judy, or or um, or City Lamb fall to the Saints, that's a no-brainer, a hundred percent. Jefferson, you know, I'd love to have Jefferson on the team. I think he's such a such an interesting route runner. He does something different than the Saints have on their roster right now with his kind of like, you know, like basketball ability to get open. But the guy who I think I really like there is LaVisca Chenault from Colorado because he's a type of guy that they could use at a lot of different positions. And maybe I wouldn't have said that if they didn't sign Emmanuel Sanders. But now with Emmanuel Sanders, I think you can go after a guy like that. Now, obviously, there's the injury problems with with Chenault, but he's a guy who makes people miss with the ball in his hands. And I think that's the type of player that, that would push that would push the Ellis, uh, sorry, the Saints offense to even another tier. With the guards and the tackles, I think the problem is, as much as I agree that guard, you know, it'd be nice to, you know, if you could find a guard who could play and 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 then you know, Pete's, you know, uh, three hundred million dollars would sit on the bench. That that'd be great. But I don't know. I don't know if you'd want to like take the risk of going tackle. And then who knows what's going to happen. What do you see happening in this draft as far as I think there's going to be a run on wide receivers and a run on offensive linemen. What do you see happening first? Because I think that re- that will really impact the Saints either way. If, if, if you have – all five of the linemen gone or you have five or six receivers go in the top 20. What do you think is more likely to happen? Ooh, that's a good question. I think that, I think if teams are smart, then there should not be a run on wide receivers because of how deep it is from, let's say one to 10, one to nine. If you need a tackle, then you probably have to go get one early. You know, like Andrew said, there's some, there's about five really good ones, but after that, maybe the drop-off is significant. So there should be a run on tackles at some point. I can see a run on receivers too. Just, I mean, look, we know how the league goes. Once one guy does it, the other teams just get nervous and start doing it too. So I could see... I could see both of them, but I agree that that's gonna, those two positions shape the whole draft until you know, unless someone were to trade down 
or a quarterback thing doesn't go the way we think it will. Seth, your uh, your cohort over at PFF, Mike Renner, he he basically came out and tweeted something that I completely agree with. He said that um, basically you can get this is something I've been saying for months, but that you can kiss 2021 draft assets goodbye. That there's just no way the Saints roster is so deep and talented, and now they're looking at comp picks because of the free agents that they've lost. There's just no way they're not going to trade away their first or second round pick in 2021. Um, curious if you agree with that and what, at what, where do you draw the line there? Like at what point is it just too much burning of 2021 assets? I don't think there's any too much right now. Cause we know, cause we all know this is the last year, right? Like, yeah, you know, the, the roster is so good that maybe um, a new quarterback could, you know, that you could you could make the playoffs and be pretty good with the with whoever ends up being the Saints' starting quarterback of the next ten years or whatever. Um, but you know, this is really the last shot here. So trading up is, would be great. The, the I think the problem is. You know, we go back to, okay, who are they going to trade up for? If it's going to be a receiver, then the, then the value just isn't there because of how deep it is. Because if you trade up for, you know, will you trade up to like 12 or something and get Henry Ruggs, that's great. But why couldn't you get another receiver? You could get like a pretty good receiver at, in the 20s. So I think that's my concern of who are they trading up for? four exactly now if they trade up and go and get isaiah simmons a guy who can like fit every role on defense then yeah that's maybe a different story but if it's for like a receiver then i'm not as how far how far does he need to fall simmons for you to trade up and try to go get him well it's weird because like you know i don't like (laughs) mickey loomis would trade like the entire draft to go up (laughs) 10 spots so like yeah if you go up 10 (laughs) spots to 14 and find somebody that's great when, well, here's a question, Seth. Yeah. How far does he have to fall for me to put up the uh, hurricane slash trade warning flag on the Twitters that he becomes in play for the Saints? Oh, that's a good one. Like a guy like Simmons, man, if Simmons falls outside of 10, I think the whole world is going to be looking at their general managers to trade up for him. <laughs> Say, honestly, the same with any of those three receivers, like, I think it'll be it'll be Rugs, probably who is the third one taken. But if he if he comes after like twelve or something, man, teams are going to be fighting tooth and nail to get up to get him. Man, if Rugs goes three, then the Saints have a shot at Jefferson. I think. I think so too, and that would be great, man. Seeing Jefferson play because he'll play right away, and yeah. Yeah, he's 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 great, man. You know another. Th- you know, Andrew laid out his draft theory, and you agreed with it all. My draft theory is a little bit different <laughs> in that <laughs> my draft theory is that bad teams that do stupid stuff, since they're working remotely, are going to be even stupider. Do you agree oh, with this? That is 100%. 110%. There's, there's no way... Because there has to be at least 
a couple guys in the room. I mean, look, we all know like basically how it works. I mean, none of us have ever been in the draft room, but you'd ima- you know that as much as like the scouts do a lot of work to bring the the kind of executives the thoughts on players and stuff. Like at the end of the day, you know, we you know we heard um, Gettleman talk about how he saw one drive of Daniel Jones at the Senior Bowl and then said that was <laughs> yeah. his quarterback of the future. But at least when you're all together, there's some more voices. And now with the skeleton crew of, you know, Dave Gettleman using, you know, Windows 95 or whatever he's going to use, like, it's going to be rough out there. And I'm all for it. I'm sure you are, too. I was just trying to figure out, like, what teams are most likely to do something incredibly stupid. The Giants, potentially, I think, could. And I just feel like Gruden being frustrated with the technology and not having people to control him. They did weird stuff last year where I thought they picked the the Clemson defensive lineman that was like the worst of the bunch, right? (laughs) So I just feel like Gruden could do some weird shit. Like he could – you he could be and he could be trade up, trade down. Like he's gonna do something reckless. And who who would be this year's Mitch Trubisky, where the team would pick him and you would be like, I can't believe they did that. I know you 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 didn't like Justin Herbert, but even you were like, he's gonna go top ten. What's a guy that you think potentially people aren't talking about that could go top ten, and we're all like. I don't understand what just happened. Oh, that, that's a good question. I, honestly, like, I, I mean, I hate to, to just sound redundant, but it's Herbert, and it, it'll be a situation where, just like Trubisky, there's a trade-up by, you know, again, going back to the, the, the Chargers or something like that, and all of a sudden, you're thinking, oh, maybe they're going after Tua, and you know, Herbert is the second quarterback that comes off the board. I really, I could see that happening. Someone is going to fall in love with Herbert. I, someone could fall in love with, with love too, to take him top 10. But I, you know, I, I really think Herbert, Herbert's going to go higher about like, I, I was going to say three, um, you know, spots higher, but now I'm thinking more like three rounds higher than he should. So I don't know. I, I think Herbert's the the guy who you're, it's going to be the most surprising thing for. Because he, again, he just, he's so big, he's so tall, he's got you know long blonde hair. <laughs> I look, I'm, I, I think he's a good quarterback, but I think he looks like a great guy to hang out with. So. Well, Seth, you uh, you study quarterbacks, um, and that's that's kind of your expertise. So, let, let's say Love doesn't work out at twenty four, and the Saints don't pick a quarterback in the first round. H- who's your guy? Like, if they if, if Mickey Loomis is saying I've got to get out of this draft with a quarterback, I don't care what round it is, I got to get a guy. Where, which guy, and at what point would would you want to target personally? So, uh, to me, there's four guys. One, if we're talking about trading up, they could trade all the way up to number one and get Joe Burrow. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's pretty good. (laughs) 
the other guys that I'm into, so there's about three guys that I think in the later rounds that I really like. From from Georgia, and like I said, I'm writing about him right now, and one of the things I'm finding is, you know, we look at him last year and we're like, wow, he was awful last year. And he was. And he's also one of those guys who has, you know, stats like Herbert when he's throwing to open receivers and he misses them completely. But there's a there's a like a, a cutoff point, and it's the South Carolina game when they lost in the rain in South Carolina in overtime. And something happened to Jake that day, and he hasn't been the same since. Because if you look at all of 2018 and the first, you know, six games of the season this year, compared to, you know, the, the second half of 2019, it's two comp- the, the, the statistics are absolutely incredibly different. You have a guy that's super accurate, that knows where he's going with the football all the time, to a guy who cannot throw any receiver open at all. So he'll drop for sure, and you could get a guy who is super smart, uh, really, really good in the pocket, understands um, how defenses work and how to th- uh, throw against them. He just his accuracy fell off a cliff the last half of the season. So I think he's a he's a good one to look at later. I like Jalen Hurts because his accuracy has gotten better uh, throughout the last three years as a starter, and he he's like kind of a different quarterback than, than we'd expect. Uh, well, though we've seen at least um, start for the Saints. So I'd be interested to see what, what type of things that uh, Sean could do with him. And, and going back to the accuracy, it's not just that it's been better this past year. He was elite uh, in terms of accuracy all over the field. I mean, you know, he was like top five, top 10 in a lot of different accuracy categories. So I like that. And the guy who I'm super into in those middle rounds is also Anthony Gordon from Washington State. Threw a lot of balls last year. Does throw to the other team a little too often. But I like the, his mechanics. I like his willingness to put the ball in, in interesting spots. And he, you know, he has a lot of reps. I like that. He has a lot of reps throwing the football. So I like those three guys. Because Mike Leach throws the ball like a billion times. Yeah. Oh, it's great. He, um, I, I did an article on him recently, and it's something like uh, within like literally one personnel grouping and two formations make up ninety five percent of his offense. You know that I mean, that's the pure air raid. It's three by one and two by one. It's trips and doubles, He's, and that makes up ninety five percent. It's crazy. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And 
Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are, too. I've tried so many bras in the past— And the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Is it he's, fair he's, to call he's him like the indie band that people that are really, really into music love? Because I feel like the, 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 the smart people on Twitter that watch a ton of film like you and Mina Kynes and other folks love Gordon. Yeah, Gordon. 
he's he's interesting. He's really interesting. Like I said, I think the issue, and when you compare him to like Gardner Minshew, Minshew, you know, as we can kind of see now, got picked too late, and Minshew, you know, we have our turnover worthy play stat where we look at not just interceptions but plays where there should have been an interception. Um, he didn't have a lot of those last year. So even though he was throwing the ball a lot in the Mike Leach offense, Minshew just didn't throw a lot of turnover-worthy plays. Gordon does more, and that's kind of what scares me. Because again, like I said about some other guys, that just sticks around with you sometimes. But, you know, the velocity is there. He doesn't have a cannon, but he gets every every kind of ounce out of it by having great mechanics, creating torque um, in kind of weird spots. He has such a weird... Um, way of kind of being in the pocket where he just kind of takes a drop back and then stops where you see, you know, you kind of, I mean, I don't know in any other way, but, and you see it in the NFL, you take, you finish your drop back and you start moving forward. You start hitching forward and it helps the angles of the pass rush. It helps the angles of the pass protectors against the pass rush. He doesn't move. He just kind of stands there like kind of like Josh Allen does, but Considering all the dropbacks he had last year, he has like less. He took less sacks than Burrow. He took less sacks than a bunch of other guys. So he's making it work to a certain degree. So I, I you know, I, I like him. He's he's very interesting, and and again, he comes from a system that I like to watch. Also, Jalen Hurts, you are you buying or selling? It it really depends when. I've I've seen. I saw a mock. This is a couple months ago, but I saw a mock with him twenty four to the Saints. That I'm not buying at all, but I do think he's better than all than he's getting credit for. I think he's a better quarterback than Justin Herbert. I think he's a better quarterback than Jacob Eason. So you know, if you're and 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 you can get him later, you can't get Herbert at in the fourth round, which is probably where he deserves to go. But you can get, you know, like I said. Hertz or Fromm or Gordon or or Cole McDonald or something like that in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, whatever it is. On defense, um, you know, we don't talk about the the, the defensive lineman a lot, and we fo- and we focused on linebacker. Um, but me and Andrew talked earlier this week about corner, and you know, Andrew really liked C.J. Henderson from Florida, but he felt like, and everywhere I read, it's like there's two good corners and then there's a gulf between the first two and the, the rest of them. Do you feel the same way about the cornerback position where it's like you better get one of those two. If you don't, it's a giant Grand Canyon between the rest. Well, uh, well I mean, Akuda, the kid from Ohio State is, and I haven't watched so much of him. I just kind of trusting a little bit you know people that I that I that I trust he's one of the best corners he, you know that you know people compare him to Marshawn Lattimore so it, yeah. if if he's that type of player then I'd yeah. say you're 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 in good hands with the him. tape I've the tape I've watched Seth uh, my comparison has been yeah, he looks like Patrick Peterson to me right there you go he's yeah like so if you're getting that type of guy then I mean man that's I'd say that, I mean, and he'll go top three, right? This is not a guy who's going anywhere lower than, I, I mean, I don't think the Lions can pass on him, so we'll see. But yeah, 
he's not really gonna well, go that in, far. It's, but who's, it's interesting you ask that because you know, we've been talking about this this run at quarterbacks, and and it's, it's interesting you mentioned the Lions at three because I think that pick will ultimately define this draft. We all know who's going one. We all know who's going two. We know who the first two players are being drafted in in, in this draft. If the Lions stick at three. Uh, outside shot of Simmons, but it's probably a CUDA. But there's yeah. a lot. There's a lot of talk that teams are talking to the Lions that they want to trade up. That, and if they want to trade up, it's either Herbert or Tua, most likely. And but if if let's say it's Herbert, let's say some team trades up and they like Herbert better, then all of a sudden someone is going to panic and try to go get Tua and move up to get him. And so we could see. We could see players like Simmons and Akuda drop to five or six, at which point you're getting insane value. Oh, incredible value! Even the you know like even the Giants too at four, you know figuring out what they're gonna do. They could go a mil- you know they have so many holes that they can go a million different ways. So, yeah, but I agree that Lions pick is is the kind of the the gonna be the turning point in the draft. I can't I cannot imagine it's not Akuda. I can't you I, like. I don't know what goes on in their front office there, but you cannot tell me that they don't watch the same film that we all watched and saw the fact that they could not cover people. Um, well, <laughs> sorry, it's not that they couldn't cover people. It's just that they, they, uh, I shouldn't even say that. I, I think more it's just that Okuda is that good and you can't pass up. I think the other thing is. The pass rush has been so bad there that, the, you know, the problem in this draft is, like, if you're not getting Chase Young and, and they won't, is there a pass rusher who they might like that high? No, because you're not going to take Chase on that high. You're not going to take uh, – I, I wouldn't take Derek Brown or Javon Kinlaw, but that could be the pick there. You know, if Panessa's not going to get him that – you wouldn't pick him that high. So, I don't know. I – I agree. I think that's kind of the most interesting thing to watch. Them and the Giants back-to-back could tell a big story. All right, so let's talk about pick 24. Let's say the Saints stay put. Give me your prediction. Who are they taking? (sighs) Oh, man. (laughs) Put you on the spot here. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, can I be third here? Can I can I go third? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, let's Ralph, you go first. Uh, I think if they stick at twenty four, it's gonna be uh, Murray, Oklahoma. You know, and I think yeah. Seth, I've been saying the most likely scenario to me is that the Saints have decided they have to get a linebacker, and. Queen or Murray is going to go top 15 and Loomis is going to panic trade and kiss the third round pick goodbye. They're going to move from like 24 to 18 and get one of those linebackers. That's my I would hate that, but you know, it's coming because like, you know, I I tweeted this the other day and I'm kind of, I I kind of want to reel back my take on this, but those two guys are, you know, Murray and Queen, they play will linebacker and we have, arguably like the top three will linebacker in the league. Now I don't know. And this may be something I should look into is like, do, can you come out of college playing one position and then move to like, you know, will to Mike or Mike to will, 
Or do you want to move Demario Davis to Mike? That I don't think so. So that's kind of what scares me about it. I think Queen is a, probably a better player than, than Murray. Um, maybe that's my, my LSU bias showing. But yeah, that would, that would scare me. Just drafting a guy where you already have an elite player at that position in the prime of his career, that, that scares me so much. I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> I think the, the one thing that we don't talk about a lot that could, could, could happen is them taking uh, a cover guy at 24. Yep. Just because there's, you know, you know, my opinion and, and the, I think the position of PFF is like you can never have enough coverage players. And, and we still have for years with the Saints. No. You know, there's just like, oh, well, great. They might have a great corner this year, but we're going to throw inside uh, to the slot every, every play or, or vice versa. So I think, you know, if, if a guy like Fulton falls, if C.J. Henderson falls at 24, I would love that. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm thinking it will actually be Queen at 24. That would be cool because LSU, the Saints have never picked an LSU player in the first never. round. Never. Never for never in the first round in the history of the team. Yeah, yeah so I mean, I hear you guys. Well, yeah. I, man, I, I, uh, I go back and forth on Queen and Murray. That debate's tough. Um, there, there's really – so those two, there's four guys that I'm like, should, should I pick this guy? Should, should I guess this guy? Uh, Queen and Murray are up there, you know, debating those two. I feel like it's like my heart says Queen, but my brain says Murray. Um, I think Queen is the better player. I think he fits a modern NFL defense better, uh, but he doesn't look like a Saints linebacker to me. Murray has the the size, the build, the the. Queen is too light in the pads. And so I just look at the Saints sitting there at 24 with their first round pick and asking themselves, are we really going to get a cover linebacker that's that's a nickel only player? That because that's what Queen is right now. He needs to gain seven pounds, yeah. I think, you know, to be to be a every down linebacker. Um, and I think they'll look at Murray and say, shoot, this guy yeah, can play, play every down right now. Now, the flip yeah, side of that, he's, he's a Saints linebacker. 100%. He's a he, yeah. He's a Saints linebacker. He's a Saints, now. He's a Saints he, bust at linebacker. He's a Saints bust. He looks. He looks <laughs> like all of them. He looks like Lofton. He looks like Hawthorne. Yeah. He looks like uh, Stephon Anthony. Exactly it. Yeah, but you know the, the flip side is that Queen is good in coverage. Murray not so much. And if you're comparing the two, besides the fact that I'm a huge LSU homer, I would want Queen over Murray because it's much easier to gain seven pounds than it is to learn how to cover. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Clearly. And, and so, you know, Queen Queen doesn't. He's not afraid to get his nose dirty. He will play the run, even at his size. He'll try. You know what I mean? So I think. Yeah, I agree with that. So the two names I'll throw out there that are kind of my surprise picks, uh, and the first kind of goes along with what Seth is saying. I think Jalen Johnson of Utah is a guy to watch. Jalen Johnson. Uh, ideal speed and size cornerback. And I think Henderson's going to be gone. Uh, I think obviously uh, uh, the, uh, I'm blanking on his name, Akuda from Ohio state. He's going to be gone. Um, So I think Johnson's a guy where he fits with the saints. Like, I mean, when you look at 
P.J. Williams, Patrick Robinson, just size and speed combination. Jalen Johnson's a guy that I just think they'll look at and say, he's there at 24. He's the best corner left. Let's go get him. Uh, so that would be a surprise pick for me. And we've talked about the guard, the tackle that can play guard. Andrew Thomas out of Georgia, if he falls to 24 because there's been a run on receivers and quarterbacks and you know, linebacker, if he's there at 24, I think the Saints seriously consider him. So those would be the two kind of surprise picks, Johnson and Thomas, where I, I think it might maybe disappoint some of us, maybe surprise us, but they're in play, I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I do hope I hope it's a receiver, though. I think at the end of the day, I, I hope that they solidify the offense with another playmaker. Again, just like on just like on defense, you can never have enough cover people. You can never have enough receivers and playmakers. So Jefferson, Chenault, and even like you know, even if some of the other guys like you know Mims or some other people like, I'll take any of them. I just want I really want a receiver. And I think this if the Saints add a receiver, if they add Jefferson, and their offense becomes the Death Star, it'll be really fun to watch them score. F- 40 points on people in empty stadiums yeah. in the fall. <laughs> well, that'll be like when we played in Cincinnati a couple years ago. <laughs> <sighs> That's what I want. And, and I think Queen would make Saints Twitter go crazy. Um, Jefferson would. Final question for me is another Homer question. Clyde Edwards Alaire, uh, where do you think he ends up going? Not to necessarily – you can pick a team if you want, but where do you think he ends up going like round-wise and that sort of thing? Uh, I think that – well, first of all, after Burrow, if the Saints were to pick Clyde, I think that would just bring Twitter down. And not that they <laughs> need a running back, obviously, but – That'd be amazing because I think he, I think he, there's an attachment to Clyde that there isn't with Fulton or Queen or even Jefferson, and that's saying a lot because he's a Jefferson. It's true. Clyde would be Clyde would be something. I don't know. It's not gonna happen, but that would, it'd be nice. Uh, I think someone's gonna fall in love with him because of the pass catching capabilities. Uh, you know, you know, Jonathan Taylor might be the best, like kind of pure running back in the class. But that might not be that important anymore in football. Clyde catches everything. He's dynamite out of the backfield on on those option routes on to the flat. I think someone falls in love with him and he goes within the first forty five picks and maybe in the first round. I really could see it in the first round. Well, if the Saints are going to pick an LSU guy, I mean, we keep saying this. Uh, this this is it. This is the year. If it's yeah, going to happen. Yeah. Um, I guess my final question for you, Seth, and again, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate it, man. We love having you on. This is always uh, when you come around draft time to chat uh, prospects with us. It's always one of my favorite shows. But um, give us a couple names later in the draft. Are there are a couple and we could call them sleepers or maybe just guys that are going to be there in the third, fourth, fifth round. Is there anyone we should be looking out for that you really like for the saints? 
there if you're talking linebackers, like if they don't go linebacker early, then there's two that I like. One, okay, look, one is Jacob Phillips, whatever. Yes, <laughs> you play for LSU, okay. <laughs> but it's funny because I asked, you know, my friend was my friend was watching Queen. He was trying to scout Queen. And he kept messaging me like, yo, this other dude is pretty good too. And I thought at the beginning of the year, Phillips was better than Queen. And then Queen kind of came on and just started dominating games. So I like Queen later. He plays Mike. You know, again, he's not, you know, we talk about Saints linebackers. He's not quite a Saints Mike, though he's probably kind of similar-ish in, in build to to you know, and, and like speed and quickness to to Anzalone, uh, you know he's not quite he's not Klein he's not you know some of the other guys they've had. So I like him. There's another guy from Wyoming, a linebacker that I like named Logan Wilson, who's pretty good. So those are a couple names that I could see late in the draft that uh, are interesting from a linebacker's perspective. Yeah, I like Logan Wilson. That's a great call. Yeah. yeah so, guys. This is free. This was free because of LinkedIn. Uh, but you should subscribe. When seven dollars a month, ten dollars a month, you get a hat. You don't, don't get a hat. You get a shirt. You get you get a cup. You get a koozie. You get a magnet. You get all the podcasts every day. You get Andrew's grades. It's fantastic. And supporting the podcast allows us to do all this awesome content while you're quarantined in your house. Uh, <laughs> and Seth, guy, we can't thank you enough for joining us on short notice. Uh, I am lo- so looking forward to you being part of PFF now and the draft this year. We need it more than ever in our entire lives. It can't get here fast enough. Oh, thanks you guys. This is always my favorite, uh, <laughs> my favorite, uh, saints podcast to be on. In fact, <laughs> it's my favorite podcast in general. Yes, because we, we ask you, Andrew asks you real penetrating questions, and I compare John Gruden to an indie band that's going to do something terrible in the draft. <laughs> so, thanks, thanks to Seth. Guys, have a great weekend, and we will see you Sunday night for the big show.